everybody, and welcome to the HRO Growth Show, where we believe that PEOs and HROs are the best kept secret of small business success, that there's plenty of opportunity for all of them and every reason to grow. I'm your host, Ryan McInerney of Blue Matter, and with me today is a special guest. I've got Vivica Von Rosen from Vangresso. She's the co-founder and chief visibility officer, and she's going to be joining me today, and I have dubbed her as the undisputed queen <laughs> of LinkedIn, and I'm so grateful to have you with us today. Awesome. Thank you. I, uh, I love in our, our preamble, you said you actually read my book, so I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely did. It was a major piece of the puzzle for me, getting uh, getting good at what I do now. So you've definitely impacted a lot of people and it's great to have you. I'm just curious, tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. Yeah. What, what are you involved in? Yeah. So a few years ago, some of my competitors and I got together and said, hey, instead of complete competing against each other, let's kind of come together, put all our brain matter together and come up with, well, what became the world's largest digital sales transformation company, which is called Vengresso. And so it's been really exciting because you know, I was teaching or had been teaching and training on LinkedIn for 12 years under LinkedIn to business as a solopreneur entrepreneur. And, and I loved it, and it was great because I got to speak all over the world and write books, but I wasn't growing, honestly. I was, I was getting kind of bored. And so one of the ways you can really grow is throw yourself into a whole new situation, and it's been really awesome because, you know, my co-founders, Mario Martinez is the CEO, Bernie Borges is the CMO, and then Kurt Schaefer is the CSO. And so I've learned so much from them. And I really feel like I put my big girl pants on finally in that, you know, now we're working with these large Fortune 500 companies as well as solopreneurs and entrepreneurs. And I really feel like we're able to make a significant shift in the way people are engaging online as far as personal branding, social selling, and you know how that comes together in digital sales transformation. Wow, that's fantastic. And it's like they say, you know, uh, iron sharpens iron. And, and that's exactly <laughs> what it seems like you've had going for you. So you probably feel like, wow, there's a lot of iron sharpening. There's a lot of sharpening going on. <laughs> <laughs> There's some strong personalities and a lot of sharpening going on. But but what happens is at the end, you've got the sharpest knife, you know, in the industry. So I'm good with that. That's that's awesome. That's fantastic. So, so that's great. So, you know, it's interesting as I was getting ready to interview with you, I started going through your LinkedIn profile and I got I'm sorry. <laughs> I got to your experience section and I started to hit see more experiences and see more experiences. And I started to realize, wow, there's, there's a lot of experiences here, but it was a, there was a clear delineation. You had been involved in marketing and sales. You had done a variety of different things early on in your career. And then yep. there's this sudden shift where suddenly you went all in on social selling and almost entirely focused on LinkedIn. What yeah. happened that caused you to decide to put your energies there and just stay there for this time? Yeah, there's a famous quote, and I honestly I don't know who it's from, but it's something like when, you know, the pain of what you're doing is worse than the fear of changing, that's when you shift, that's when you make changes yeah. in your life. And really, I was at a point where I just didn't like my day job. And I felt like there's got to be more. And, you know, I know I'm supposed to be speaking and teaching and training and on stages. And I just don't think that running a co-share space is going to get me there. And so, you know, LinkedIn just 
I mean, it, it was total luck that I had brought in someone to speak on Web 2.0, which shows you how long ago it was, because it was like the idea that the internet talked back was like a big deal. Yeah. Um, so, you know, 2005, I believe it was. And at the very end of her presentation, she mentioned this thing called LinkedIn. And since I doubled our business in a year doing face-to-face -face networking, I thought, oh, there's 12 million people on here. You know, that's amazing. All the business I'll be able to do. But the more I started teaching and training on it locally, and then I was picked up by a couple associations to speak nationally and then internationally on it, I was able to quit my day job, which was awesome. And, you know, I just, it was, I dabbled a little bit in the other social medias for a very short time, 2007 to 2009. And then I just realized, A, there's, it's changing too much and no one can really be the queen of all social. And B, I didn't, I'm a B2B girl. And so the B2C world, I just didn't have a lot of experience in it. And so that, you know, that was definitely more along the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram line. So for me, it just, LinkedIn made sense. And then I got the book deal and I got the Twitter handle at LinkedIn expert. So I was kind of locked in by then. <laughs> That's great. I appreciate you filling us in on that because that definitely is a part of the testimony to the platform itself yeah. is that it is a platform that you can, you can really grow your business on. And, and our listeners today, you know, they're all in B2B and HR sales. So I'd be interested to hear kind of as you uh, as we segue now, yeah. um, what are you seeing that are the biggest struggles that salespeople have when it comes to LinkedIn? And, and what are the, what's the remedy? What's the path or plan they should be taking so that they can start to see the kind of success that you, you tell people they can have if they just yeah. know what to do? Well, and that's key. They just need to know what to do. And, you know, as intuitive a platform as LinkedIn appears to be, it's really not. And part of that is LinkedIn's fault because it basically says upload your resume and you'll get lots of connections and make lots of money. And that's not true, right? You do want to represent your business life, but really, you really want to make your LinkedIn profile more of a resource than a resume. And it really, it just goes back to plain old networking. You would never, I would hope, you would never go to a networking event in your underwear and then shoving your phone number written on a, a piece of paper at people. But that's what people do on LinkedIn, right? They're essentially in their underwear. They're not dressed up as well as they should be. And then they're meeting people for the first time and they're shoving their business card. They're talking about their business. And, you know, you haven't even said hello yet. And so it's not really people's fault, but that's how most people act within LinkedIn. And then they're like, it doesn't work. LinkedIn doesn't work. And that's why, because you're going into LinkedIn in your underwear and shoving your, your phone number at people. And it's creepy. That's just plain creepy. So don't That's do that. That's exactly right. Don't <laughs> everybody on the mouth at a dinner party. Exactly. <laughs> like buy me a drink first. Get to know me. <laughs> Put your clothes on already. That's right. And why do you think that is? I mean, I know yeah. we've got some ideas on how we can resolve that problem. Yeah. But why do you think we we go into a digital experience and start to really fumble. I mean, salespeople, yeah. they're good with people. I mean, this is, yeah. it's the age old, just get me in front of them and we're good. But we get in front here and everything seems to fall apart. Yes. Why do you think that happens to, you know, well-meaning individuals that yeah. are, are trying to make, you know, make an impact on their pipeline? 
Yeah, I think it's in part our industry's fault because there's so many like sales trainings and webinars out there that are kind of like social media is the golden egg. You just need to be on it and all the leads will come. And so there's this expectation like I can go on it and all the leads will come and I don't have to do any work. It's just magic. And of course it's not. And for some reason, there's something about digital that people think oh, well, if I'm on digital, I can kind of throw all of that relationship stuff out the window because it's digital. It's not face-to-face. It's not a human relationship. But that's exactly the wrong thinking. More than ever with digital, you have to build relationships because, I mean, we've seen all the catfishing. We've seen all the scams. We've, you know, probably most of us have in some way, shape, or form been part of that. And so, it is so important that we build our brands and that we're able to come across as genuine, authentic. This really is me. This really is who I am. But more importantly, this is what, how I can help you, not how I can sell you, but how can I help you to you know, succeed in your business? And so it's more important than ever to build genuine relationships but there just seems to be that gap between, well, I'm on digital. So, you know, naturally golden egg, no effort, no work, but also digital means no relationships. And as salespeople, to your point, we absolutely have to have those conversations in order to get to the next level of knowing, liking, and trusting. Right. That's great. That's, that's really good to put our heads around that. So if I wanted to start, if I'm a salesperson who's not experiencing the success that I wanted or was promised or misunderstood, how do I begin to pivot into the appropriate way to do things so that I can start to realize that kind of success? Is there a plan or a path that you have? Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the things I would say is, you know, step back, look at your profile. Hopefully you have a profile on LinkedIn. Look at your profile from your buyer persona, like pretend you're one of your buyer personas. And if you don't know what a buyer persona is, find that out first. Um, (laughs) But, you know, you have to know what you do and who you sell to. So step back and become your own buyer persona and look at your profile and go, is this helping me? You know, as a HR executive, is this helping me? As a business owner, is this helping me? And, or whatever your buyer persona is, step back, read it objectively, and then go, okay, it's not. How can I make my profile? That's only the first step. How can I make my profile better? And, you know, things like banner images, adding, something to the back of, you know, the picture of yourself that's not that blue wash that is aligned with the websites you have or the other social platforms that you have, or it supports a latest initiative that you're launching, an ebook, a webinar, an event, a training, your employees, your clients, celebration day, whatever it is. And you, it's not one and done. You can change up your banner as often as you want, but having a background or a banner image that's aligned and that shows up top of the fold and like that that can improve your brand having something in your professional headline that says something other than you know title at company especially if your company name like Vengresso means nothing if I was CVO first of all what's a chief V what does the V stand for Vivica officer right (laughs) vitality officer Um, you know it could be anything these days so if I had just CVO at Vengresso like 
no one would <laughs> know anything. So instead, I have to speak about you know who my audience is, how I help them, and how we do that. Because you've got 120 characters, so you know banner image, a picture that actually looks like you is good, and then that headline. And if you just do those three things, which are above the fold, it can have a huge impact. Of course, you want to build upon that and have a summary or an about section that really describes who your buyer is, what problems they're facing, and then how you can solve them. You want your buyer to identify themselves in your profile. And then you want to add resources, right? Your LinkedIn isn't a resume, it's a resource. And so then you want to add resources, checklists, videos, testimonials, whatever it is that the buyer, again, is looking at your profile and going, oh, there's, you know, I need a checklist for how to do that. You know, I need a checklist for best practices for, for hiring. I need, a, I need to watch a video testimonial before I'll actually believe this person is the solution to my problem. But, you know, here's another company like mine, and there's the CEO talking about how, you know, we helped them. Okay, now maybe I'm building up that trust. I'm, I'm knowing you because I'm on your profile. I'm, build, I'm building up a little bit of the trust and hopefully you're likable too. So just those few things. And you can, you know, go on and add experience and, you know, keywords in your skills. And there's a lot of different areas that you can can build up your profile. But if you just do those sections above the fold and then your summary section, or it's now called the about section, and add those resources, that can make a huge difference. And so that would be a major impact for yeah. when, when we get somebody to that page. Obviously, yeah. I think you've got three steps on how we manage to do all of this. But when it comes to that first step, when it comes to just building out a, pro yeah. a proper profile, it's kind of like thinking about your website. I mean, yeah. this is your personal website. That's and as, exactly as we right. see other platforms really not provide that same kind of real estate to a professional, yeah. um, this is kind of like the one place you get an opportunity to really impress someone and to give them a sense that you know them, understand them, and value them, that I'm here to serve this community in this way. Here's yeah. what I do. Here's how to connect with me. Here's the value that, that's all really, really strong advice. Thank you. What, what else do you think they should be thinking about? Well, thank you for bringing that up because, you know, as salespeople, we have to think like marketers. Now, it's interesting because as I shifted into, I, I was very much in marketing and did, I thought I was in sales, but I was actually in marketing in LinkedIn to business. In fact, my book was called LinkedIn Marketing an Hour a Day. Uh -huh. Somehow I didn't click uh -huh. in there. Um, and it wasn't until I joined Van Gresso that I was like, oh, sales. Okay. And that alignment between sales and marketing is absolutely key. So as sales professionals, we, we do to some point have to think like marketers. Now, the cool thing is once you've done your profile you know, other than the occasional update, it's kind of done. So unlike spending 10, 15, $100,000 on a website, you can, you know, you can do your, web, your, your LinkedIn profile in a couple hours and, and then be good and be way further ahead than everybody else. But then you need to start finding, connecting, and actually finding and engaging with and then connecting with your prospects. And one of the best ways of doing that is to interact on their activity if they're active on LinkedIn, and share your own content that starts to level you up as an influencer or a thought leader in your company, in your industry. And the cool thing is, you know, you don't have to be a marketer. If you like writing and if you love shooting video, 
awesome, you should do that. But if you don't, you can always find content that your company's already creating, blog posts, YouTube videos, etc. And you can do a, a quick little update, you know, no more than 1200 characters, which is what about, I don't know, 60, 70, 100 words, I don't know. Uh, but just a small little update explaining what the blog post is, why your buyer persona should buy, don't say, hey, buyer persona, like speak to them directly, but why your buyer persona should read it and what they're going to get out of it. And then that's all you have to do. But suddenly, instead of just sharing a link, which if, if salespeople do anything, they might just share a link in an update. Now you've added some context and that's going to get you way more engagement. And because of the way LinkedIn's algorithm works, the more engagement an article that you share or a post that you share gets, the more open it becomes. And so now you're creating more visibility, doing even better at positioning yourself as a thought leader in your industry. And truly, it only takes a couple minutes a day. And then you can start to have those conversations. I think it's a great point you're, you're bringing up. One of the, You kind of uh, mentioned the just taking the link and posting. And I see that happen in one of two ways. One, you know, they're connected to a social hub. Mm -hmm. They're using HubSpot or Hootsuite right. or something. And all the yep. salespeople on a team are having the marketer just push content yep. out. So they can be busy doing other things that they find more valuable. Exactly. Um, or or they, do, they do grab the link from the blog and then they just post it. And, and what's interesting is I think to, to speak to the danger. Mm. I think the danger of that is that, you know, we read Gart Gartner's research, mm -hmm. uh, which bought the Challenger customer. Yep. And we all love the Challenger sale. We love once we're engaged, yes. who do we need to be to be the hero that will help, you know, to be the guy that helps the client as a hero, but, but ultimately to challenge. The reality is that it's just as hard to buy today as it is yeah. to sell today. Yeah. The interesting thing that came out of their research and one of the big concerns that they brought up was that the reason that buyers wait so long to engage a salesperson yeah. is because they don't believe that the salesperson is really capable of adding any kind of value. That's right. That they're doing, they're basically doing their own research and yeah. trusting their own intelligence. And then they're basically just saying, okay, now when I'm in a position where I've moved through the buyer journey yep. and, I, and I'm ready to be, I'm ready to buy yeah. Then I'm basically showing up looking for more of an order taker who yep. can just make sure I buy the right thing off a preset menu right. that I've already made for myself. Yeah. But sharing content and then saying, here's why I agree with this. Here's yep. why I disagree with this. Here's what I recommend you start doing, stop yep. doing, change the frequency of, and here's how I'm applying it to what I'm doing. That's, right. That's the kind of in IQ that matches the later on relational EQ that says, I'm aware of what's happening in your space and I can, I have a voice to it. And I, and yep. I come from a company that knows, understands and values you, which is why we created the service that we do. I'm not just a, a guy or gal in a suit. I'm legitimately somebody who can help you think through That's what right. your problem is, the ideal solution, coming up with a buying list and then picking a solution provider. I could be a part of that entire process. You could trust yeah. me in that way. I'm an advisor. That is the huge, I think, sub conscious commitment we're making to an end user of saying, every time I post, every time I speak to you, every time you see me, I'm perpetually adding value to your life. Yes. My, my identity my identity is not my value, but in terms of this professional relationship with yeah. you, I'm never going to, I'm never going to interrupt you without value add. That's right. Would you think that's right? 
Well, 100%. I mean, you know, there's, there's a couple different stats out there. One is, um, you know, 70% of, of B2B modern buyers have already made their purchasing decision, like you said, before they ever reach out to the vendor. And then it's just, an, you know, it, it's just an order taker. Now, the thing that aligns with that, too, is that the winning vendor or the modern buyer reads five to eight pieces of content from the winning vendor. So if you just want to be an order taker, like some salespeople are like, cool, just bring on the inbound leads and I'll take the orders and I'll make my quota and I'll be happy, you know, but, but you still have to be the one whose content is out there. So you have to have those five to seven pieces of content. So I absolutely agree 100%. And one of the things we did at Vangresso is we actually created something called, you know, content for sales enablement so that we help the modern seller be as smart as or maybe even a little smarter than the modern buyer because right now most sellers are not I mean the modern buyer is way smarter than we are so that's number one like let's give them the tools so that they can be smarter than the modern buyer and number two is it's like we talked and we actually didn't talk about this this is probably one of my favorite topics is creating content that you can parse out to your buyers at whatever part of the buyer's journey they're at and whether it's, you know, awareness, consideration or purchase, but, you know, there's so many more levels to the buyer's journey. It's circular. It's not a triangle. And so there are, I guess it'd be a triangle that way, but, you know, there's disruption. Like how do you combat your competitors out there? How do you disrupt the idea that, you know, they're better than you are or disruption in like, do people even know your service exists? That's awareness, but do they know your exist and how are you a game changer? Like Uber, like, and not everyone has this type of disruption ability, but maybe you do. And then there's nurturing, you know, once they've made the sale, how do you nurture them to upsell them, side sell them? And how do you nurture them to get more referrals? And so you have to look at the buyer's journey as being more than just awareness, consideration, purchase, and then you have to create the right type of content for that whole cycle of the buyer's journey. And then you have to decide, am I going to deliver this publicly, you know, Mm -hmm. as an update, as a blog post, as a video, as a live, as a whatever, or am I going to do it privately as a private message, as an email, as a a one mob video mess, you know, private video message, And of course, it's not either or. You'll pull from both. You'll pull from your public content and deliver it privately. But that is key. And it sounds way more complicated than it is, especially if you can work with your marketing department to find the right content and label it, you know, in the right way or tag it in the right way so that you can easily find it and deliver it when you need to. I think that's fantastic insight. It doesn't take much to produce content if you follow a consistent Uh, plan and you know where to get it from your organization and you've got a good relationship with the marketer say, listen, these are the conversations I'm having. These are the things that are coming out of it. These are the questions that I'm hearing. I need content. Can we work together to make something that I feel be really worth its salt to send over to, you know, to my, my prospect that I'm working with or that I want to work with. Exactly. That I want to work with. Because again, you're positioning yourself as a thought leader, as an industry leader, as a trusted advisor, not a salesperson, a trusted advisor. And then, and then the sales conversation happens naturally. And, you know, I'm not saying throw out 
all of that great sales training you took from Sandler or Miller Hyman or, you know, uh, corporate visions or whoever, like don't throw that out because you still need to have those conversations. But like use these strategies that I'm sharing today to get you to the hello. That's, there's a couple different taglines that we have. And, and one of them is just like, let us get you to hello. Use social selling to get to the hello, to convert a connection into a conversation, and then use your great sales training to close the deal. That's fantastic. Now, I think there was a third step, but before we get into it, I want to recap. The first is we want to make sure we've got a profile that properly represents us that looks good if we put ourselves in the shoes of our customer and look yep. back and say, I'm, I'm exploring, I'm interested, I'm, I'm coming across profiles for people who might be a fit for helping me think and helping me decide you know, look from that perspective and say, would I, would I choose me? Would I, right. would, I, would I reach out to me? And if I were to reach out, do I, would I know how to do that effectively? Have I made it easy to choose their preferred method to make that possible? And do I know what That's might right. happen if I go all the way with, with me? If I were to go all the way to a close <laughs> with me, is there anybody else here who says a few, a few things about what it was like to work? The second thing is, is that after I've made a connection, I need to make sure that I continue to show that I'm a professional that is able to add value no matter where the person is in the buyer journey so that they can essentially not only discover me, but recognize me as somebody who is worth engaging and staying connected to because their life will get better and more valuable. So before we get into the third one, I know there's three shifts we need to make. I want you to just kind of let our listeners know this has been such fantastic fantastic content. I know that you came today with a couple of resources that the listeners would be able to get their hands on. Can you tell us a little bit about what they are and, and what they can expect if they go and find these things? Yeah, sure. And let me actually unpack those steps after I share the value, the value add. So there's two things that we've got. The first one is essentially an ebook. It's a, it's a web page. (laughs) to be honest, but it will break down everything you need to do on your profile from background image to, to headline to best photo that you can have up there to, you know, summary section to what types of content to add to what you should put in your experience section to what kind of skills you should add and all of that. So everything that has to do with your profile, everything that we teach and honestly, everything that we do in our done for you profile optimization is outlined in that book. So it's absolutely worth getting. It's vengressoebook.com. And most of the information is just on the page. It's ungated. You could just go there. If you want it in a p- nice PDF form that you can you know, download and read later, you can you know, give us your email and your password and, and or not email and password. Yeah, do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a small security breach. Your name and your email. <laughs> and your credit card number and your social security number. No, your, your name and your email, and we'll get you. We'll get you that in a nice little, uh, a nice little ebook that you can download. Um, the other thing is the the banner image. So whether you're like artistically inclined and you know how to use Adobe Photoshop, which I do not. I'm graphically impaired. I couldn't create a good graphic to save my life. But there's a tool called Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. But if you go to VengressoBanner.com, you can download the the template and then you can either create a, a background image yourself or send it to like Fiverr and have someone else do it for you. But that, or send it actually to your marketing department and have them create a couple background images for everyone on the team. And then you all can have uh, great background images, but that, that template, um, you can get it, vengressobanner.com. And both of, and that one's completely ungated. It's just a slide share presentation I popped up there for everybody. 
All right. Well, thanks for, for sharing that. That's really awesome. Uh, before we before we jumped into those offers, uh, you told yeah. us that you wanted to unpack uh, a little bit further. So what is it that you wanted to share? Yeah. So I just, we actually created an, an award-winning, you know, six-phase process to be successful at social selling. So I want to make sure everybody has all those phases and understands the importance of doing them in order. Because like any recipe, you know, if you forget to put the eggs in, you know, suddenly your, your cake's not going to rise. Or if you forget the flour or you put the flour on later, it's going to taste really gross. So you need to make sure to do your six phases of social selling in the right order. So so the first one we touched on at the beginning is make sure that you've got the right mindset. You understand that LinkedIn is a valuable, you know, a valuable resource, a valuable tool for you. And it's not going away. And if you do it right, it doesn't have to be a big spammy spam fest. So really having the right mindset will allow you to invest your time and your efforts into LinkedIn and get that payoff. So that's, that's phase one. Phase two is what we talked about, the brand. Make sure you've got a strong brand. You want to do that before you ever reach out to anyone on LinkedIn. The third phase is making sure that you're engaging with your warm leads. You're talking to them first before you're shoving your business card in their face. And the easiest way to do that and not, I get that not everyone's active on LinkedIn, but if you research on LinkedIn, you use all the different search filters and, and you find your high quality leads on LinkedIn, many of them will be active. Many of them will be sharing updates. Many of them will be even doing videos or sharing articles. And all you have to do to start to build that top of mind awareness with them, some name face recognition to start to build that, you know, know and hopefully some like and trust is by engaging on their content. And you might have to go off LinkedIn. You know, maybe they're sharing stuff on Twitter or Facebook. You know, a lot of times people will share their Twitter handles and there's, you know, ways of finding them on, on other social platforms. Wherever they are, start engaging with their content so you build that, that know and like. And then when you invite them to connect, which is the fourth phase, the connect phase, then they trust you enough, right, to actually accept that invitation. The fifth phase is continuing to feed them with the right type of content so you continue to stay top of mind. And we spoke about that with the buyer's journey. It's the right type of content at the right time, either publicly or privately. And then finally, getting a cadence to where you're doing this a little bit every day, every day, every day, every day. And it's that consistency that will continue to build that KLT factor. So those six phases in the right order take away all the icky spamminess that LinkedIn feels like it is sometimes. And it turns it on its head and it really turns it into a platform where you build that trust and where you start to have those conversations. So it sounds like the, the name of all of this is Trusted Advisor, right? Yeah, exactly. Actually, the name of this is Selling with LinkedIn, and that's our program. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it is. It's about becoming a trusted advisor so that you can take it to the next level and have the sales conversation. 
Right. But so many people just bandy that around and, yep. and they haven't had a, a, a process for how they can do that effectively, which is yep. what brings us to the first kind of question we had, which is, yeah. well, how do people who are well-intentioned end up getting this wrong? Yeah. And it's because they're really, until you built your program, there really hasn't been one that would really tell us how to do this effectively. So I think that's yep. brilliant. So we've got, we've got that program for people to go through. I'm just curious. Yeah. As as you you've been doing this now for for long enough, Time. I mean, to be able to to kind of have some some forecast. What, where do yeah. you think things are going? I mean, Microsoft, I think, just made yeah. uh, some some investments. You could talk about that. Yep. Where do you think overall the platform is headed? Maybe even in the next year. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of people were afraid of the Microsoft acquisition because, you know. A lot of times when big companies buy smaller companies, they, they squash them, they get rid of them, they you know <laughs> just obliterate them. And while I think Skype works better now, there was some concern when Microsoft purchased Skype that that was going to be an issue. But what we've seen is the resources that Microsoft has. I feel like when, before Microsoft purchased LinkedIn, there was really fear around the platform within LinkedIn itself, within the leadership of LinkedIn itself. And they put up these walls and LinkedIn didn't play well with others and it still doesn't really. But, but you know, there, there was this like, this is our space and you can't be inside it and this is ours. And it really inhibited growth. Yeah. Since, since Microsoft's purchased LinkedIn, I mean, there's, we've got video, we've got native video, they've introduced LinkedIn Live, they've introduced voicemail, which may or may not be a good thing on private messaging, they've introduced kudos and all kinds of like cool nifty little tools again. And I feel like, you know, from the, the time I started on LinkedIn, which is 2005, up until... Oh, until the minute I, I published my book and then LinkedIn changed everything. But from 2005 to about 2011, LinkedIn was growing and open and had great features and it was such an awesome tool. And then it got really shrunk in for the IPO. It got really shrunk in and it just was no fun. Like I was like, yeah, I teach LinkedIn because I have to, but bleh. And then when Microsoft purchased a couple of years ago, it's opened up again. And so there's so many new tools that work well with it. Not automation tools. Don't use those because those go against LinkedIn's end user agreement and they'll restrict your account. But there's so many other um, approved tools and ways of using LinkedIn and features, native features within LinkedIn that are really, really fun. Video, like I can't wait to get live. I'm really pissed that I don't have it yet, but a lot of my <laughs> friends do and they're killing it. And it's such mm -hmm. a cool platform to have live on, on LinkedIn. I think they'll be doing more with probably like a Skype I, I keep saying this. I think I'm just hoping that eventually it'll happen. If you, you know, if you build it, they will come. Um, <laughs> I'm really hoping for a Skype-like app embedded within the messaging itself. Like there's no reason not to, where you can, you can message. They've done a lot with their messaging where you can, you know, set up appointments more easily. You don't have to use Calendly or HubSpot calendar or any of those. You can actually find times or have your prospect find times that work for them just mm -hmm. by syncing with your calendar. I mean, there's so many cool little things that LinkedIn are doing and they're just making it a much more effective tool. And then there's Sales Navigator, which we haven't even talked about and we need another hour on that. But Sales Navigator's really become a fantastic tool for sales professionals. But like LinkedIn, it's not as intuitive as it looks. And I think a lot of sales professionals aren't making use of it and there's so much value in it. So yeah, I think in both both cases, both paid and free, LinkedIn has really become a better platform.
Right. It's gone like all platforms do through lots yeah. of iterations and evolutions. Yes. But the, the biggest thing that it has going for it, I think, is that unlike the other channels that want to want maybe add revenue from businesses yeah. that want uh, businesses until they don't want businesses that right. reward them until they punish them. Exactly. LinkedIn is perpetually trying to find ways yeah. to make professionals successful using the platform. And yeah. it's, it's, it's almost impossible to not be a, a professional yeah. with a B2B business on LinkedIn and doing big yeah. things. So this has been really good. Obviously, we, yeah. like you said, we can't possibly get into everything. <laughs> we couldn't mine your brain all <laughs> So there's got to be ways that we can stay connected that uh, those guys that are listening that are thinking, okay, this, is, this has been transformational. I want more. They maybe go get those e-guides and, and visit yeah, the website. But, start there. But, but what can they do beyond that if they want, if they work at an organization or they are the leader of the organization and they're thinking yeah. they want to do more of this? How could our listeners take that seriously? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, just find me on LinkedIn, invite me to connect, just customize the invitation. So I know it's you know, you listen to this, this podcast or vlogcast and, and then I'll actually read it in my, and I'll look at it instead of my assistant. But as far as teaching and training that six phase system, we've got a do it yourself completely, you know, video on demand program that will run you through the six phases from mindset to cadence with resources and, you know, discussion forums and live Q and A's and, and everything you need to support you in that process. Now, if you've got a bigger, you know, if you've got a sales team of 25 or more, obviously we customize that significantly for you. It's, it's more expensive, but we do customize it significantly with live training and live coaching as well as discussion forums and resources and everything else. But both programs are based on, a, you know, a video on demand, six phase program that you can just, you know, buy, download, start watching, start doing, start using. And we really, we created it because we were doing this a lot with big corporate B2B companies and enterprise companies, but we had smaller companies, you know, 10, 15 sales reps or less. And they're like, how about us? <laughs> we can't afford 60000 or $120,000. How about us? So that's yeah. why we created this program. And you still get a whole Smart. lot of the support that you would in, in, in the big enterprise size company. Now, mind you, if you get 25 or more people, just reach out. I'm happy to set you up with, uh, with our, our, our CSO or one of our sales folks. <laughs> That's great. And speaking of live training too, I think yeah. you may be yeah. at, uh, at a, a pace event coming up. Exactly. Yeah. I'm super excited because what we're going to be doing and covering in pace is the first two modules. So we'll actually be talking about mindset and really the importance of it. And then we'll move into the personal branding and it'll be a live hands-on training where you're going to walk away with, with a profile. So then you can move right into all the other aspects, all the, you know, the four other phases and know you're doing it in the right way. Knowing you're doing it the right way. Yes. That is perfect. That's the best <laughs> and most important thing is knowing you're doing it right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me on today's broadcast, Vivica. This has been a ton of fun and I can't wait to uh, see you at the PACE workshop and uh, I'll be definitely going online and getting access to these resources as well. I hope that you come back sometime and we'll talk a little bit more. Awesome. Thank you. Anytime. All right. Take care. Mm -hmm.